What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek, and welcome to Pretty Dece, your weekly show about movies, comics, games, and all the pop culture in between. This is Pretty Dece Season 2, Episode 1 for the week of September 9th, 2019. Now, longtime Pretty Dece listeners are probably slightly confused at this point. Yes, I said weekly. Uh, Pretty Dece is changing. You see, I am expecting my first child in November, and my wife Jessie and I are very excited about this. Uh, But because of that, my free time won't be what it has been, and I want to spend loads of quality time with my child. So with this kind of dwindling free time, and yes, my free time has already uh, begun to dwindle, and I've been putting out fewer episodes of Pretty Dece throughout the weeks because of that as we prepare for the birth, I realized that Pretty Dece is going to need to change in order for it to continue once I have a child. So this show will be going weekly. Ideally, you'll be getting the same amount of Pretty Dece content, if not more, just delivered once a week instead of multiple times a week. So this is kind of a soft relaunch of the show. I'm calling it season two to kind of harken back to the TV shows that we so often discuss here on Pretty Dece. Uh, and and hopefully it's a, it's a good thing. I want to hear your feedback on this new format as we continue through it and as we get the first few episodes out here for the first few weeks. This is something that can change and morph as we go, and I want to put out a show that both I enjoy making and and you guys enjoy listening to. So if you have ideas, if you have comments, if you have concerns, hit me up. You can always find me at Pretty Dece Show on Twitter, on Facebook, or at Instagram. So today on the show, without further ado, we'll jump into the fun stuff, Today on the show, we are discussing Netflix, EA setting some records, Steam updates, and lots and lots of Nintendo news, so let's dive right in. Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go, Facebook.com slash Pretty Show, it's time to geek out with Josh, your host. So Netflix has freaked some people out recently. Uh, with with changing how they deliver a couple of their shows. So the Great British Baking Show and Rhythm and Flow, uh, Netflix is putting those out, releasing episodes weekly instead of dumping the entire season of shows all at once, as they typically do for their original series. Now, everyone thought, oh my gosh, Netflix is changing. They're They're going back to... Uh, super, super traditional television model of weekly episodes. This is a bummer. We can't binge our shows anymore. What are we going to do? Netflix came out and said that that's not the case. So they are. this is a licensed title, The Great British Baking Show. Uh, they're putting that out weekly. And Rhythm and Flow is a competition series, so they didn't want to spoil the winner. So they're trying something new by releasing episodes of that weekly. But it's not happening with more shows than those two. They're not going to, you know put the uh, the next season of 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 your favorite Netflix original series out weekly anything like that. Netflix has experimented with weekly content before the Joel McHale show was one where they they put it out every week. They tried that out. The Joel McHale show didn't quite hit. They canceled that pretty quickly. I think people generally like to experience their Netflix at their own pace. Maybe they want to watch 10 episodes on a Saturday. Uh, people like that they can do that. 
it is interesting that that Netflix is putting out a few things here kind of uh, weekly to kind of change up how they deliver some things. And of course, other streaming services also see this weekly release of content. Prime Video is probably going that direction. Of course, Hulu often follows the, the TV model of, of things showing up weekly. So it's interesting that we're kind of seeing things swing back towards the model of cable television where there's a bunch of different services that you have to subscribe to all of them piecemeal. Things are coming out weekly instead of getting dumped all at once. Um, but personally, I'm pretty happy to hear that Netflix isn't changing everything that they do. They're just experimenting. You know, it it's good that they are able to uh, morph their plans as necessary if it fits the show. A show like Rhythm and Flow, a competition series um, where figuring out who wins actually matters, that makes perfect sense to release those episodes weekly. Or at the bare minimum, uh, release the final episode or the final batch of episodes later on down the road. So that way, you know, the show can't come out. And then the next Monday, you can't have people at work telling you who won the show. You're still trying to watch your way through. Something like that makes perfect sense. But for the stuff that Netflix normally makes, they're very story-driven television series. It makes perfect sense to keep those coming out in large batches. So hopefully, Netflix keeps that status quo and everyone can just calm down. EA is out here uh, setting some records, but certainly not the records that Electronic Arts probably wants to be setting. The latest edition of the Guinness Book of World Records uh, does feature EA Electronic Arts, and the record that they've set is the most downvoted comment in Reddit history. This is actually a story that we covered uh, back when it was happening uh, surrounding the launch of Star Wars Battlefront. So November 12, 2017, uh, the EA community manager sort of team Reddit account responded to a comment uh, surrounding some of the, the loot box um, uh, unlocking that was happening in that game in Star Wars Battlefront, specifically trying to unlock characters like Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and how, how long it would take to unlock those characters. People were very upset about that time. That was, that was one of the, the huge backlashes, the first huge backlashes about kind of the, the model of gaming these days, microtransactions and loot boxes. And that kind of wave of people being angry about these things has continued to some extent uh, really since then. That's really when it picked up. And people continue to be mad about those things today. Uh, but this was really the the kind of uh, first huge volley in that in that kind of a war. People were so mad, they downvoted this comment 683,000 times. The comment has has become a meme since then. The of course, the first line of the comment is, the intent is to is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. And that that is a line that is bandied about these days as people make fun of loot boxes and microtransactions, a sense of pride and accomplishment. Um, just recently, Magic Arena came under fire. Uh, of course, the digital version of the, the very popular Magic the Gathering card game, I love Magic, uh, but, but, but I'm pretty upset with Magic Arena because 
they uh, they have a wild card system to craft cards. You unlock wild cards, and you spend them to craft cards. They announced that the new historic format that they're adding to Magic Arena um, later on is is going to require double wild cards to craft cards that are in historic. So literally, the game will cost twice as much if you want to keep up with historic rather than just standard. Uh, and they have similar things to say about their reasoning that kind of boils down to they want players to have a sense of pride and accomplishment for having to spend twice the amount of money. Uh, it certainly is a thing that I think will will continue to come to a head. I think that things like this, people um, people getting upset about the the value that their games provide them, and people getting upset about the predatory tactics of of publishers and, and game developers on the gaming public is something that that will eventually boil over and, and we'll either see legislation, we'll either see a, a new game crash, you know, as we saw uh, in, in years past, and we'll see people f- like moving away from games simply because it's too expensive and it's not fun anymore because they're pushed so hard into these microtransactions. Uh, I think that something will happen. We will have a break of some way or another um, because if it doesn't, it's a thing that I think publishers will continue to push as far as they can until they can't push it any farther. Uh, I I don't think they'll find a happy medium somewhere where they think, we've made enough money off of players. We'll we'll reel it back in a little bit. Um, They'll keep going until they, they can't go any farther. So I'm interested to see kind of when that point is. But Star Wars Battlefront was definitely one of the first points where people were incredibly, incredibly angry about this stuff. Uh, and now it goes down in the Guinness Book of World Records as, uh, as a record. Next up in news, Valve, of course, the legendary PC game developer. And um, kind of more importantly at this point, the makers of Steam the digital distribution platform that uh, for many, many years was just synonymous with PC gaming, uh, is, is making some updates to to their application, to Steam. And really, it's, it's much-needed stuff. It's stuff that I'm very, very excited about. They are updating the first, the library section of Steam. This is your listing of games. This is where you see the games that you own, what you can play. And if, if you have used Steam, you know that this is pretty bare bones. It's just on the left-hand side, a list of every game that you own. You can click on them, and then you're presented with a page for that game where you can install it and click play, and that's basically it. It's pretty old-fashioned. We haven't seen a ton of updates to it really since Steam came out, and games have kind of changed since Steam started, and and because of that, because games have, have changed and now they morph and grow over time and they have all these crazy things go on in them, um, they're not static anymore, Steam is changing to reflect that a little bit. So now your Steam library will still have your list of games on the left-hand side, but they're adding some things to kind of guide you into what game to play next, and they're adding a, a landing page. So when you get to the Steam library, you will see a landing page. And kind of in the middle, right at eye level, you're going to see your recent games. That's pretty simple. Stuff that you have played recently. Then below that, 
you're going to see your recent friend activity, so stuff your friends are playing. Again, pretty uh, pretty standard stuff. But above that, which I think is, is pretty cool, you're going to see a what's new section. And what's new is a section where uh, you will see developer curated announcements. So this is things about uh, game updates. This is things about events happening in the games in your library. So in that section, you'll see uh, tournaments being promoted. You'll see free XP weekends. Any other bit of like kind of news or activities that might draw you back to a game you haven't touched in a while is going to show up in that section. So you won't have to be kind of uh, pouring over the release notes or, or sticking to your, uh, your game news websites to know that a game that you own has gotten a cool new update and has awesome new content added, you'll see it at the top of your Steam library, which is really awesome. There's a ton of times that I have uh, heard about updates that have added been added to games that kind of completely change the game that I didn't even know had happened and I own the game. So it'd be cool if I have a place where I can kind of just see those things and the developers themselves can push those up updates to me directly in a manner that I will for sure see them. That's super cool. Now, along with that, Steam is also adding an updates section. And in a very similar way, the updates will let developers communicate any announcement they have, like patch notes or major updates or live streams or beta tests to you, the player. So kind of building on that what's new section, you will have a dedicated place to go inside Steam to tell you all of those things. Again, very cool, especially now that games are such a, a fluid concept. Games today morph and change and grow over time. So representing that and representing the fact that a developer does need to communicate with its player base once that player buys a game is, I think, a really positive improvement and a step in the right direction for Steam. Now, it's interesting that Steam is, is doing these updates because... As I said, Steam has been kind of static, really, for many, many years. We haven't seen a ton of updates to the application, to the way it works. Um, we, of course, have over the years, but it feels as if not too much has changed recently. However, we, in the last couple of years, are starting to see some real challengers to the throne of the kind of king of digital distribution on the PC. The Epic Game Store, of course, exists. Good old games... Uh, the Origin Store, there are other contenders out there, specifically the Epic Game Store, that are kind of trying to nudge into that market a little bit and, and succeeding, uh, especially on the, the success of, of Fortnite. We're seeing that, that really happen with Epic. So I think that this is going to be one of the pieces of that that, that benefits the consumer. We're going to see these digital distribution platforms try to beat each other with feature sets. We're going to see Steam come out and try to make your experience as a player as smooth as possible. And, and in addition to just the games they're selling you, sell you all of these kind of niceties and other experiences that maybe you won't find on other platforms to entice you over to their fold. And I would suspect that we see Epic and the other uh, platforms do similar things as well. So at the end of the day, yes, we as... Gamers might have multiple places that we have to find all of our games now, but hopefully it means we have some better services and applications to go along with it. 
And now we roll into Nintendo news. And the, the first piece of Nintendo news uh, that we're going to touch on is the Nintendo Direct that happened this past week. And there's a lot of stuff that got announced. And the biggest thing that got announced at the Nintendo Direct, you may or may not know, is that Super Nintendo games are now available on the Nintendo Switch Online service. Previously, this was just NES games. They have added a whole slew of Super Nintendo games and some real, real winners that I'm very excited about. Uh, We've got Super Mario Kart, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Uh, We've got Super Mario World. Of course, we have Super Metroid. Um, Pilot Wings is going to be there. Star Fox is there. Uh, Breath of Fire, uh, Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda. So really, really great list of games. Um, and uh, and they're out now. So if you want to go play those, those are out now. Uh, you can even buy, much like when the NES games first came out, you can buy special SNES controllers that work with your Switch for $30 each. You have to be, of course, a Switch Online member to get those. But if you want the full authentic experience with the controllers to match, those are going to be there, and those are available. So that, for me, I think was the most exciting piece of news, but there's lots of cool stuff. So diving on in, we're going to do some pretty quick hit news here. So Terry Bogard from Fatal Fury is coming to Smash Ultimate, and even more DLC characters are heading your direction. So if you've ever played the fighting game Fatal Fury, you know Terry. He's the the blonde-haired uh, guy with the, the trucker cap. He's kind of the face of Fatal Fury. He will be showing up in Smash Ultimate, uh, really just adding to the the roster of, of fighting game characters that are present in that game, uh, which is which is pretty exciting. As a huge Neo Geo fan, I'm pretty excited to see Terry Bogard there in the game. He might not be as well known as Ryu, uh, but I have a very soft spot in my heart for both Fatal Fury and for Terry himself. Uh, Banjo Kazooie is also uh, added to the game as well. Uh, and was added kind of as a, as a surprise thing, was out right as they did the Direct. They're also continuing to move Wii U games over to the Switch. Of course, the Wii U was not a platform that a ton of people owned, so uh, it's giving people the oppor- opportunity to play games that they probably couldn't before because they didn't own the Wii U. And uh, this one is, is especially exciting for me because I love this game. Tokyo Mirage Sessions... Uh, hashtag F.E. Encore is the full title, is coming to Switch. Uh, it's a very neat game, and with this one, uh, we are getting new story elements, a new song, new characters. So it's it's a fleshed-out experience, not just a direct port. Uh, if you've never heard of that game, or if you uh, you know didn't have a Wii U and couldn't play it, I recommend checking it out. It's, it's very, very cool. It's a really, really awesome RPG. And uh, kind of similar to some of the uh, the Persona games, for example. Uh, Deadly Premonition is getting a sequel, which is kind of a weird cult classic game that I'm I'm shocked that we are seeing seeing more of. Uh, but it's coming, and it's it's coming to Switch. We're seeing an Assassin's Creed collection that's going to uh, uh, c- package up Assassin's Creed Black Flag and then Rogue as well, uh, which is you know fine. Black Flag was uh, was a pretty good game. I'm kind of over Assassin's Creed at this point, uh, but that's going to be a pretty good value package for what it is. Uh, speaking of pretty good value packages, Xenoblade Chronicles is getting a uh, a port slash sort of 
slight remaster that's coming uh, in 2020. They're calling it the Definitive Edition. So that will be a, a very good addition to the Switch library. And speaking of good additions to the Switch library, a game that uh, basically exists everywhere else, so it might as well be on the Switch, Overwatch is going to be coming to the Switch. The, the trailer uh, that they showed talked about new ways to play Overwatch, but unfortunately the one new way that they showed was using gyro controls, where you tilt the Switch in order to aim. I didn't enjoy doing that in Splatoon, I don't think anyone is going to enjoy doing that in Overwatch. I might be wrong, uh, but it's certainly not what I'm coming to Overwatch for. Nonetheless, Overwatch is a fantastic game, and if you don't have the ability to play it anywhere else, picking it up on the Switch is honestly a, a no-brainer. That that game is great. Uh, moving on from there, we, we've talked about it actually on Pretty Dece before. Uh, game Freak, the developers behind uh, Pokemon games, they have a game called Town that was the working title. So Town is now called Little Town Hero. That's the, the final name. And we got to find out a little bit more about the game. So the main character is named Axe. He doesn't carry an axe, but his name's Axe. Uh, and it seems like it's a, a pretty straightforward JRPG. It's also got some cool battle stuff going on. And kind of the most interesting thing we found out about it is that the music in the game is being composed by the Undertale creator, Toby Fox. This game comes out, like, shockingly soon. It'll be out October 16th. So we know very little about this game for as soon as it's coming out, which honestly kind of intrigues me more. So the game's available for uh, pre-purchase. You can, you can even preload it. Uh, it's certainly one that I want to check out. Moving on from there, we had kind of the surprise release of a new Kirby game. It's called Super Kirby Clash. It's free to play. It uh, is for up to four players and has a hundred different quests in it. And you all team up as a, as a team of four. Uh, it, it was a surprise launch, came out when the Direct launched. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but it's definitely on my list. We also found out more about Pokemon Sword and Shield. We learned about some of the new features the game will have. There's a, a Pokemon camp where you can play with your Pokemon. Uh, the character creator will be a bit more robust than it was in previous games. And it'll feature a curry rice mode. You can customize curry dishes and eat them with your Pokemon and save them in your curry decks. I, th that's amazing. I love everything about that. Uh, we also got uh, a couple new Pokemon reveals. Most importantly, we got the reveal of a Pokemon named Poltegeist. Yes, it is a ghost tea Pokemon named Poltegeist. That is the most incredibly bad name that I've ever heard for a Pokemon, and I'm incredibly there for it. Uh, it, it feels like one of those... Uh, joke Pokemon names that that couldn't possibly have been real. Um, it reminds me of like Peekaboo when when we had like Meryl coming out before we knew the actual name of Meryl. Uh, it feels like a meme. It feels like a pun name uh, because it is a pun name because it's ridiculous. Poltegeist. Uh, needless to say, I've found my new favorite Pokemon. And of course, we we found out more about Animal Crossing New Horizons. Got some new details. On the game's crafting mode, you can collect raw materials around the island and craft tools. Use those tools to get more craftables and so on and so forth. So they're kind of adding some Minecraft elements 
to New Horizons. So pretty excited to get my hands on Animal Crossing. That's always good for some some fun, uh, you know, especially uh, when you can get out from under the thumb of Tom Nook and pay him off as those games always start off with. Uh, finally, in, in really, really quick news, we're getting uh, some new modes to Tetris 99. Uh, one mode is called Invictus for just like the super, super, just killer, ridiculous players who are still around for that game. And uh, you're also getting a two-player versus CPU uh, mode. These are all available now in the game. And shockingly, it even came out last Friday, a packaged version of Tetris 99 uh, is is in stores. So if you, I guess, don't have Switch Online, or if you hadn't bought the DLC thus far, you can pick it up in a package in a store. Um, Tetris 99 is, is really one of the coolest games that uh, that we've seen in the past couple years. And I love that they've they've stuck with it. They've built onto the game, added these new modes, added all of the fun themes and stuff that that they that they've done via events. Um, it's a it's a really really awesome game that unfortunately people have gotten really really good at, and uh, I am not good enough at Tetris to hold my own there. So that's some of the news from the Nintendo Direct. In other Switch news, we have some uh, interesting patents that Nintendo has filed uh, in in Japan concerning uh, a new design for Joy-Cons, um, and it seems to be revolving around ergonomics. So the diagrams that have, have been put out in these patents um, show Joy-Cons, the old style, of course, the, the kind that, that connect to the Switch. So keep in mind, none of this will work with the new... Uh, switch light that won't have detachable Joy-Cons. So these are Joy-Cons with the rail that slide onto the side of your Switch, but the top portion of the Joy-Con, where the buttons would be on the right-hand side and where the uh, the joystick would be on the left-hand side, can tilt down, like kind of away from your thumbs, and seemingly for kind of increased ergonomics. Now, they can rotate back up, so if you take them off the unit, they still kind of behave turning sideways, as you would expect, kind of for a single player. But when they're on the Switch, they kind of make it seemingly a little bit easier to hold, maybe make it feel a bit more like a traditional Xbox or PS4 controller. Now, with the existence of the Switch Lite, and of course those Joy-Cons are never going to be able to be changed because they're built into the system, if anything, if this one does come out, it would be, you know an additional uh, option for you for a second set of Joy-Cons instead of the traditional ones you have now. This might be sort of along the lines of the sort of souped-up Xbox One controllers, the Xbox Elite controller that you can get now. Think of this as maybe like an Elite set of Joy-Cons. Of course, this also might just be something they're, they're testing out. They had the idea and they want to patent it to make sure that if they ever do decide to pursue it, they can... So, a lot of times we do see patents like this that never actually see the light of day. Nonetheless, it could be pretty cool having a set of Joy-Cons that kind of fits in your hand a bit more as you're using the console. And now the final piece of Nintendo news, and the final piece of news for this week for us. And honestly, I saved the weirdest for last. Nintendo announced and put out a video for what they're calling a new experience for Nintendo Switch. The video features uh, many people 
from all across the world putting their Joy-Cons into this this ring. So this ring that has kind of handles on the side and has some tension to it. So the idea is you're going to be moving the ring around. In some points in the video, they're uh, twisting it as you would a steering wheel in other portions of the video. They're, they're holding the ring by the sides and kind of pushing it in because it has the, the tension on it. So they're kind of squeezing and then letting go and squeezing and letting go. Um, they're holding it over their heads. They're, they're holding it down by their knees. They're kind of manipulating it in, in weird ways. Meanwhile, they also have a strap around their, their, their leg, like their upper thigh, that has the other Joy-Con in it as well to track your leg movements. So everyone is expecting this to be a new uh, sort of fitness-based game slash experience for the Switch. Think the, of course, uh, the Wii balance board for the new generation. And in the video, that does seem to hold up. It does have uh, fitness aspects to it. It has people running in place. Uh, it has people uh, kind of doing like push-ups and crunches and, and that being tracked with the ring that they're holding in their hands. But it does seem more game-focused as well. We don't see anything of the screen. We just watch the people in this video. But we hear them kind of laughing, exclaiming. One person talks about doing a backflip. Uh, and the game, you know, with, with, with the Wii balance board, that was a very singular experience. They were walking a single person through exercises, through yoga experiences. And, and this specifically... This video featured people hanging out together. It was people sitting around on a couch watching someone play this game with this weird ring controller and this thing strapped to their legs. So if this does end up being fitness-focused, which it does seem like that's at least going to be an aspect of it, it's Nintendo taking a very different approach to fitness than they did the last time. It's it's much more party game, and we'll certainly have have some real party game aspects to it, maybe in addition to the fitness side of it. A lot of people would look at a video like this and, and wonder what in the world is Nintendo doing, but it really doesn't make sense, I don't think, to doubt Nintendo uh, because they've had some real crazy hits on stuff that I did not think would land. Um, the Wii Balance Board is certainly one of those that was ridiculously popular and got people who would never have ever touched a gaming console before to buy a Wii and to start using the balance board. Uh, before that, on the DS, if you remember, uh, brain games came out, and you figured out your brain age and all that fun stuff that got people, again, who never would have touched a handheld gaming console, buying one and buying this game because it was making them smarter and they got to exercise their brain. So Nintendo has a way, and the Switch is a perfect example of this, of thinking outside the box and delivering something that no one thought that they needed or wanted, but but hits a market that um, that wasn't even present in the world of gaming before. So I'm super excited to find out what the heck this thing is, what it's called, and what the game looks like associated with this weird, weird controller. We'll get to find out pretty soon. This Thursday, they're going to tell us more about it. And, uh, and hopefully reveal the whole thing and when it comes out and all that fun stuff. So we have until Thursday for our wild speculating. So that's going to do it for Pretty Dece for this week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this first episode 
of uh, of Pretty D Season 2 as we go weekly, as we kind of revamp the format of the show. As I said at the top, hopefully this is going to be uh, very similar to what you've experienced before with Pretty D's, uh, just in a weekly package instead of multiple times a week. So uh, again, as always, make sure you check out the website prettydeeshow.com to check out all the past episodes and every all the other happenings and links and stuff like that for the world of Pretty Dees. You can also check out the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash for that. And of course, hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think of this, this new format, what you think of Season 2, and what in the world you think this Nintendo game is all about. Uh, I would love to discuss this with you before we find out for sure on Thursday. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pretty Dece Show. <laughs>